Johnny Summers, wise men say only fools don't rush down to the handlebar to participate in their happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You don't strike me as a foolish man. No, no, I'm not. But I do have a suspicious mind to find myself a delicious happy hour that lasts maybe seven days a week. Maybe from 2 to 6 p.m. every day? That is correct. Yeah, that's the handlebar. Again, you can bring your kids. You can bring your hound dog. Go out on the patio if you'd like. And uh, again, yeah, handlebar. They have a happy hour. Seven days a week, 2 to 6, a dollar off all of their draft beers. (laughs) They're located at uh, 2070 East 20th Street right here in Chico. And I feel like maybe you've thought of one more Elvis (laughs) pun to make. Well, that sounds like the happiest place on earth, quite frankly, the polar opposite of the Heartbreak Hotel. So head on down to the handlebar. 2070 East 20th Street. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Yeah, it is. Welcome to it. Fresh Hop Cinema, baby. This is a show about the worlds of craft beer and film, and I am Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. What is shaking bacon? Happy to be here. This week on our show, our thoughts on Elvis. It's the latest from director Boz Lerman and tells the story of Elvis Presley. It stars Austin Butler as Elvis and Tom Hanks as his lifelong manager, Colonel Parker. And beers this week provided by our own young Max Minardi. Dying Breed Brewing out of Oakdale, California. Max was down there playing some music, picked up some beers direct from the source. The first is a Pilsner, and the second is a Session IPA. And if you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a wonderful Thursday evening. I hate to make it terrible by telling you that, unfortunately, you won't be hearing our episode today in its entirety. You're only going to get the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Elvis. Yeah, Johnny, but if these wonderful people wanted to hear the full conversation, which includes spoilers for Elvis, a review of that second beer, the Session IPA you mentioned, and Hot and Bothered, where could they go? Uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, that sort of thing. Most importantly, though, probably our website. New episodes drop every Friday morning at 7 a.m. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating and or review on Apple Podcasts and let us know you did. For all your social media needs, the show can be found on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema, Letterboxd for film reviews and untapped for beer reviews, all at Fresh Hop Cinema, or you can check out our website, freshhopcinema.com. <laughs> and if you just can't get enough That's of great. us, you should go to my favorite website in the whole world. Number one, even over our own website. Sure. And that's patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Why is it my favorite? Well, because I get to be on there even more. Well, about the same. Less, more, more. Well, more, more depending on the person's access level. Yeah. I guess you're on there more no matter what, but not everybody knows that. Yeah. Unless they go to Patreon. I like the website because I get to talk more and you guys like it because you get to listen more. Yeah. Yeah. We do content every single week bonus episodes a bunch of different series that we do cover all kinds of different content uh this week we're actually reviewing the disney plus original obi-wan obi-wan kenobi Kenobi. uh that should be up now by the way for patreon uh people that are are already subscribed whether you give us a dollar per episode or three or five that is available now we recapped our thoughts on um did we decide it was six episodes of obi-wan kenobi or eight six um, and we had feelings about it. So if you're into that, if you've been watching it, you can now just go to that, go behind our little secretive paywall on our website. You type in the super secret password and you can hear, yeah, all the stuff that Johnny's talking about, but most recently Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right. So to get more of us, get onto patreon.com slash fresh cinema, join the club. It's the coolest club in town. 
Yeah, a uh, quick shout out to a birthday this week. One of our patrons, Jimmy, had a birthday. Um, we are recording this to, on on today. Is so Tuesday? Um, and I'm just double checking. Yeah, Jimmy's birthday was yesterday. Okay. Um, so happy belated birthday, technically, Jimmy. By the time you hear this, also happened to coincidentally run into Jimmy at the movie theater today when I was seeing Elvis. Uh, saw him in the lobby. He was seeing Top Gun for the first time. Um, <laughs> like I wasn't stoked on seeing Elvis. Like I was like, we were gonna cover it. It was gonna be okay. But when he told me he was seeing Top Gun, I was like a little jealous. I was like, you're going to have so much fun, man. So, Jimmy, if you're listening, I'd um, love to hear what you thought about Top Gun. Please don't hesitate to uh, write in with your thoughts. That's it. So, again, patreon.com slash Cinema. Go sign up. Johnny Summers, housekeeping out of the way. Let's get into beers of the week. Uh, you mentioned that these are from me, from Dying Breed down in Oakdale, which is a place that we have almost every single time we've had their beers on the show, really, really liked them. You and I both fell in love with them because of their IPA mosaic, mosaic. back in like... I think late 2020, if not early 21. And now we're drinking something we've never had before. It's called Howdy Pilsner. Um, and maybe you can tell me a little bit more as I get this baby cracked open. Absolutely. Howdy Pilsner, you might have guessed, is a Pilsner. Uh, again, from Dying Breed Brewing out of Oakdale, California. It is uh, 5% and it is hopped with Czech sauce hops. So this is a Czech Pilsner made with quality malts sourced solely from California, featuring exclusively Check saws hops. We're gonna look that up for sure. I've never, I can't recall ever having a pilsner made with specifically just that hop. So I'm stoked to figure that out. But it's been a pretty mild week here in Chico. It's been like high 80s, low 90s. So pretty ideal pilsner sipping weather. Um, I know you and I are both big fans of this style, especially when the warmer dog days of summer roll around mm -hmm. up in here. Um, we're looking for crispiness most of the time. Granted, you and I often reach for American pilsners for a little bit more of like a clean. Uh, crispy finish rather than a, a spicy pilsner might be with something like a Czech pilsner, but you've had your first drink. What do you think? I have. It smells really like robust, like it's going to be sweet and bready, almost like a, uh, uh, what was the one we did last a Vienna, week? A Vienna a, lager? A Vienna lager. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It has that, that nose, but then I tasted it and it's really like not aggressively bitter, but very, very intentionally pointedly bitter with a dry finish with a nice it's got a, just those subtle little bready notes but it's not nearly as as much as i would expect on the nose and then it sh finishes nice and sharp a little bright uh and it definitely left my mouth kind of dry like i want to take another sip um but first impression is it's it's tasty it's uh way more hopped than than a lot of pilsners i see that aren't labeled as like a hoppy pilsner yeah, the nose is definitely what jumps out to me first too. Also, it looks it looks a bit more caramelly colored and orange than mm -hmm. a than a straw yellow like a pilsner sometimes is. But it smells really sweet, really caramelly. Definitely some bready notes there, um, and it does not drink that way. It drinks really crisp and really. Th there's some sweetness for sure, but it does finish dry in a way that is more indicative of a pilsner than than like a Vienna Lager would, like one that we've covered recently. Yeah, which I'm stoked because I like uh, pilsners that aren't you know super sweet. Mm -hmm. I like note, you know, give me a little bit of sweetness, but also give me that that hop presence that's there. When when you have like a, a really light bodied beer like this that has a even a small amount of hop presence, it mm -hmm. shines through so much more because yeah. there's really no frills, not much to hide behind. Uh, I dig the hops in this though; they they punch right to the front. Yeah, I think this is super solid. I also briefly just because I think we do this from time to time though not as consistently as I would like to, but we shout out can design sometimes. And this is a very straightforward two, three tone can. Maybe the wheat up top is kind of a yellow, but the rest of it is tan and almost like a burnt orange to light brown kind of thing. Yeah, really cool design, very old Western, almost like it could be a playing card or something. Totally, yeah, man. I really, I really appreciate when, because I think 
the same as almost any other medium in life or food or drink or, or any, you, you kind of eat with your eyes first. And to have something that thematically lines up with the, the drink inside is always a really nice experience. I think it shows a little bit of extra effort and a little more thought put into the entire process rather than just like we slapped a label on or like rebranded our normal thing and just changed the words. Because like the, all of the labels look so different. Yeah. Um, and I love that. Just a little bit extra care. Absolutely. Not to, to stand too hard for this brewery, but we, we are well documented know, as man. fans. Yeah. Um, I, I really yeah. do love every label I've seen, like the mosaic label. It's great. It's all time great. Yeah. They have that Highland cow on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a few other beers that have that um, Highland. He's on the back somewhere too. Oh, yeah, right? it's, yeah. So he's like part of their normal logo. It's kind of pops his little fuzzy head between dying and breed. Um, but they kind of rebrand him depending on the beer. Like they did one, um, almost like a Fourth of July themed beer. I can't think of what it's called, but it's an IPA, um, red, white, and blue can. Uh, maybe I'll think of it. But um, yeah, just thematic consistency is nice as well. Yeah, good Anything packaging. You're not liking about this? There's a tiny, tiniest bit of soapiness on the finish. Oh, soapiness, just, huh? Just a tiny little touch. You know, and that could be like the malt bill mixing with that that hot profile that mm. just gives... But it's not enough to be off-putting, but it's definitely noticeable, at least for me. I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have chalked it up to being soapy necessarily, but there is something on the back end that doesn't mesh with the rest of it quite cohesively. Almost chemically, a little yeah, titch artificial, maybe. but... I mean, it's yeah. like five percent of the the aftertaste. It's just so subtle. It's, like it's very subtle. Yeah, yeah, it's there, but it's really the only only negative. Everything else, I mean, front to back, the spear is pretty crushable and solid. Yeah, agreed. Um, I was briefly trying to look into um, the the Saz hops that you're talking about, mm -hmm. and and the flavor keys that I'm seeing are like cream and caramel, which checks out to me. Citrus, which doesn't seem as prevalent in what I'm tasting, but they also list woody and aromatic and floral, and that all seems exactly with what I'm tasting. Mm -hmm. With yeah, the citrus notwithstanding. Yeah, um, definitely caramel, the the least. Yeah, but th that was the one like for me was on the nose completely, yeah. and then it kind of gets washed away with with the rest of the drinking experience. But certainly on the nose, it was very caramely. Um, it's good, man. I really dig this beer quite a bit, though. So, um, do you think that's pronounced Saz or Saz? Uh, for people that aren't seeing it, it's S A A Z. I would say Saz because it's more fun to say, but it could be Saz. Check if it's Saz. Saz, and no one's made a beer called Saz Hands. Mm, nice. That's a missed yeah. opportunity. Yeah, I was putting that out in the universe. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, I like this maybe, beer. Though. Yeah, maybe they'll take us up on it. Maybe. All right, Dying Breed, that's your challenge. Saz Hands. Saz Hands. They're gonna be like, no, it's pronounced Saz. Right, and they're like, shoot. Oh, well, it's like Goes Face Killer that we had a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago, but it's actually, you know, it's Goza, but you can't say Goza Face Killer. You gotta say Goza Face Killer. Right. Yeah. I think there's some leniency when it comes to naming beers. Yeah. So you get some wiggle just to make the name work. Saz Hands is the challenge we are putting out to breweries. Make it, and then we'll come and help you, and we can put our logo on either it. Either Saz Hands or Sawzall. Sure. That'd be good. That'd yeah, be either way. One. Okay. Let's give, uh, let's give Howdy Pilsner an out of 10, Johnny Summers. It's a tremendously solid beer. I'm not gonna go a great length out of my way to get it. But if it was readily available, I would have no hesitation getting a, like a five-gallon keg or a case of this for my house, especially in the summertime. Uh, this is a solid 7-2 all day. Yeah, for me, it's a 7. It's We're getting so close in our ratings these days. I know. Um, it's it's not it, – it's good for the one can. I think there's, there's some heft that's coming in for this being 5% that's catching me off guard. It's a little bit heavier than I would want to drink too much of, especially on a hot day. But there's a lot of robust flavors that I do enjoy, but some of those caramelly notes that do kind of come through even in the drinking experience after the nose, granted, not front and center, but they are there. And some of the stuff we talked about on the back end is keeping it from being an amazing beer for me, but I still think it's super solid, better than most Pilsners. 
Agreed. And I feel like this beer, uh, if it gets even like five degrees warmer than real cold, mm-hmm. it's going to become a less enjoyable experience. 100%. Yeah. yeah. All that body and that heft and sweetness is just going to get even more pronounced. And yes. So, yeah, drink this one nice and cold. Yep. And uh, let us know what you think. Okay. Well, once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get the chance to try Howdy Pilsner or any other beers from Dying Breed, we want to know what you think. So, please don't hesitate to reach out. And while you're at it, take a picture of yourself. You look great. Do it. Drink this beer and tag us on your Instagram, our Instagram, at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. If you're not already following, you should be. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Or if you're enjoying the show, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Up next is a trailer for this week's movie, Elvis. But don't worry, there's no spoilers in the next segment, so stick around. There are some who'd make me out to be the villain of this here story. Let's don't let a good thing die. Are you born with destiny? Or does it just come knocking at your door? There's a young singer from Memphis, Tennessee. Give him a warm hayride welcome. Mr. Elvis Presley. Get a haircut, buttercup. In that moment, I watched that skinny boy transform into a superhero. Wish to promote you, Mr. Presley. Walk through a party in the town of jail. Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. Ready to fly. Tomorrow, all of America will be talking about Elvis Presley. I can't move, I can't sing. Some people want to put me in jail. The well's moving. They might put me in jail for walking across the street, but you're a famous white boy. The way you sing is God-given, so there can't be nothing wrong with it. Martin Luther King has been shot to death in Memphis. That's all right for you. Tragedy, but it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with us. told me when things are too dangerous to say sing I'm gonna be 40 soon and nobody's gonna remember me I need to get back to who I really am and who are you Oz? making the most of this thing while I can. This could all be over in a flash. We are the same, you and I. We are two odd, lonely children reaching for eternity. Be greatest.
Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft, beer, and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today. But if you'd like to hear the whole thing, you can subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It's going to be available to download tomorrow at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough, there's plenty more to digest. As a reminder, what you just heard was a trailer for this week's movie, Elvis. From Rotten Tomatoes. <clears throat> From his rise to fame to his unprecedented superstardom, rock and roll icon Elvis Presley maintains a complicated relationship with his enigmatic manager, Colonel Tom Parker, here played by Tom Hanks, over the course of 20 years. Central to Presley's journey and happiness is one of the most influential people in his life, his wife Priscilla. Let's get into some of this. This was directed by Baz Luhrmann, which I think we mentioned Johnny, uh, one of Johnny's favorite director's names in the industry today. <laughs> and uh, maybe the best-dressed director. Very stylish, maybe second only to Taika Waititi, who we will be talking about next week. Um, this has a screenplay by Lerman, uh, Sam Bromwell, Craig Pierce, Jeremy Donor, with a story by Lerman and Jeremy Donor. Um, stars Austin Butler as Elvis, of course. Tom Hanks, like I said, is his manager. Um, and we'll get into some more of these characters, but safe to say the two mains are, are the two that I just mentioned. There's some cinematography we'll talk about. Uh, the cinematographer here was Mandy Walker. This was edited by Matt Villa, Jonathan Redmond. It runs in uh, two hours and about 40 minutes long, which is... Hefty, hefty in length, I think, and it came to uh, to theaters in the United States on June 24th, which is where you and I both saw it, dude. This is a film we weren't weren't like clamoring to see necessarily, but it it fell at a point in our calendar where we didn't have anything more relevant or newer. And Elvis is a guy that we both like. I think we could each pick a couple songs and be like, I like that song, right? And or, I, or love that song. I don't know. Where are you at with his music? Uh, I've been uh, Elvis has been in my universe my whole life. Sure, uh, I grew up with it on my dad listened to Elvis. He actually mm -hmm. saw Elvis uh, on his, the Hayride mm -hmm. tour when he was doing like um, rec halls and stuff cool. like that. He yeah. saw him when he was a kid in uh, Oklahoma. Okay. So, so near and dear to your heart or just something that was more fleeting in your childhood? Uh, no, definitely. I w that's 50-50. Okay. It's, it's just always been around and I've always had an appreciation for it. Uh, so always been pretty familiar with Elvis's music. Haven't been a super fan, mm -hmm. but it's definitely been in my universe on mm -hmm. rotation, things like that. If there ever was a musician to have super fans, Elvis comes to mind. Yeah. Elvis uh, and the Beatles. Sure. Great one. Uh, and Bieber, of course, the almighty Bieber. Beliebers. Um, I think we'll get into this question at some point, but I wanted to throw it to you first because this is often the barometer you use to, to, to measure this sort of thing, which is, is this a story that needed to be told? And if so, or even if not, uh, do you think that the way that it was told by Baz Luhrmann here was an effective way of telling the story of Elvis Presley? Well, that just depends on the historical accuracy of the portrayal of the relationship between Elvis Presley and Tom Parker, uh, Colonel Parker. Yeah, I don't think you have to add the Colonel probably. Yeah. it's it become, Well, we don't talk about it yet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I have wasn't familiar with a lot of the details of this story. So if this, in fact, is kind of like a fictionalized quasi-documentary and it's kind of telling a story maybe that's never been told or documented in this way before, then absolutely it's worth telling. If this whole relationship was kind of fictionalized mm -hmm. and dramatized, blown out, dramatized yeah. and blown out of proportion, then I think it's just adding a dramatic twist to sell tickets. So it, it just depends on the the uh, the validity and the, the factual nature or lack thereof of their relationship. All right. Well, what did you think of the movie overall? Let's assume. Let's assume that it's tr true. 
true-ish. 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 Yeah. Let's yeah. go in with that, and, and then we can change it later if we have to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which I haven't done a ton of research. I've done zero. About, yeah. So just taking the movie for what it was, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is it's it's highly stylized. It mm-hmm. has a very distinct mm-hmm. feel to it, uh, very clean, and uh, at some points the, the pacing felt a little manic to yes. me, sure. uh, which kind of took me out of it. But as a whole... I I liked the movie. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was a very intriguing peek behind the curtain to the early life and the kind of like they fast forward a bit. Like they skip over some big parts of his career and focus on certain time periods. Um and it was a really wild look at like the many phases of the career and like the persona that was Elvis because there were so many chapters of it really. He was kind of a few different people in his career, uh, for lack of, of better phrasing. So I was very entertained. I think that the music was really well done. There was a lot of mixing of of multiple songs. So you had like old like 20s and 30s blues, R&B gospel songs mixed with Elvis's like covers of them and then mixed with like Britney Spears. There were some wild mashups in this yeah, movie. Wasn't there like this? The wasn't I could have sworn it, and it was very subtle. But wasn't there the string run from like toxic? Toxic. Da, 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 da. I heard that. I was like, yeah. did I just actually hear that? Yeah. And he, yeah, for sure. There were also some weird needle drops of like modern hip hop songs. which yeah. I felt were. I don't know. I don't know if those uh, worked. Felt for out me. of place. They made the scenes very cool, but like didn't totally work with the rest of it. But yeah, I digress. No, I was I was kind of taken out of it in those moments too. I was like, am I, does there bleed over from another theater? Right, like right, what, right. what's happening here? So obviously a highly stylized movie, choices were made. A lot of them worked. Some of them didn't, that being one. Uh, good character work, good character development. I think Austin Butler did a really good job as Elvis. Uh, he displayed quite a bit of depth and range uh, in his you know, acting and emotion. And I think he he pulled off the character very well and he did a lot of, his own singing. I think we were just talking about that off air, which is impressive. Uh, I think he did a solid job. So overall, liked it, didn't love it, was entertaining. I think it was, uh, it, it took some bites and chewed for way too long on certain things. And I think it, it got long in the tooth and didn't need to be as long as it was. I think this could have been two hours to 15 tops and it would have been just as satisfying of an experience. Uh, but overall, I liked it. Max, what did you think? I, I think it's an important story to know, and I'm still kind of operating off of, let's say it's mostly true with some embellishments. Um, and I think with, with a story as huge as the legend of Elvis Presley, like it's gotta be grandiose in some sense. I don't think Boz Lerman's particularly adept at dealing with stuff. We're talking about like pacing stuff. I, I don't think his, his pacing works almost the entire time. It does feel frenetic at times. And, and you can make a case for really extreme pacing and editing. Like you could, you could almost in every case make, make it an argument like, well, he's doing it to evoke a sense of the freneticism of the life of a rock star. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know if it's done particularly well. I think of something like, um, uh, Edgar Wright. Oh, sure. But I was going to go more even frenetic, like, like, like train spotting oh, or like okay. Requiem for a dream, mm. like the Aronofsky kind of like just beating you over the head with intensity. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it's like, they're all doing drugs and like, in, in both those movies, actually, it's like, that's the experience. Yeah, it's oppressive and unrelenting. And that would work here, but the movie doesn't seem quite as focused on just his, what turns into his his pill usage and, and the freneticism of his day-to-day life. It also deals with the interpersonal relationships and love and aspirations and, and what it means to sort of live this life. And um, 
so it, for me, it feels less like a Darren Aronofsky in Requiem for a Dream and more like Guy Ritchie in his later films that we've talked about. And it just feels like he has an idea for what he wants us to be. And he is maybe less smart than he, or less um, skilled at it than, than he actually is. That's a really good comparison to Thanks. draw. Thanks, Absolutely. man. Um, I just, it, so that doesn't all work. That said, I agree with you. Austin Butler as Elvis is a tough thing to pull off without veering into caricature, mm-hmm. which I think Tom Hanks does. Oh yeah. That character is really tough for me. The moment he speaks, the accent he, or the, the, the dialect, or not the dialect, the dialect, the, the, you know, the accent, I guess, that he chooses to go with is mm-hmm. so goofy. And his, the, the suit they put him in, the prosthetics, and it, it's all so over the top that I had a really hard time latching on to any real emotional strings with that, especially and with that character, but also then by proxy, his interaction with Elvis. It's like, yeah. I, and, and I don't know, it, it does feel kind of rushed, which is an ironic thing to say for two hours and 40 minutes of a movie, but there are these weird time jumps that you're talking about. Like I loved seeing young kid Elvis being exposed to gospel music and R and B and, and like growing up poor. And he got to be exposed to these things that other, uh, Middle class. They also bring in like racial stuff into this movie, mm-hmm. which never quite resolves, I don't think. Um, but that was interesting. And then pretty quick, he's, you know, going on the radio and then making records. Then all of a sudden he's like old, but not. Yeah. Like the movie really wanted me to believe he was like 16 and he's like, I'm about to be 40. I was like, that's, that's as old as you were. Right. Yeah. Like you kind of have this time jump, like we're almost watching this movie and fast forward. But I'm not sure when it happens. That's yeah. Like, I don't know exactly when I was supposed to have, have gone from really successful Elvis to to what ends up happening. Yeah. I also feel like we can talk about this movie a little bit more openly because it's it's a story based on a real person and and the fact that Elvis is dead is is allegedly um, not news to probably anybody listening to this. Right. Um, and, and the decline of musicians is sort of a formulaic template for music biopics. Mm-hmm. So we kind of know how this is going to go. Um, but yeah, there was some weird pacing stuff for me. I was like, I don't, I don't fully understand where we are in the timeline and how I'm supposed to be feeling emotionally given all the, the stuff that I'm seeing. Yeah. I mean, there was that, they kind of touch on it, but it wasn't made clear mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think maybe even like some, some big flashing subtitles of like the year yeah. might've helped us totally. keep a timeline of just like where we're at in this dude's life. And, a little bit more narration on where his career's at. You yeah. Know, it's, a lot of it's just implied. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really strange to feel like I watched a two hour and 40 minute movie on fast forward. Yes. Like you said, it, yeah. it was in a hurry, but it was still long. It didn't make, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I also think part of the issue there is, is a misguided sense of wanting to place a narrator in this movie. Mm-hmm. The movie starts with a monologue, um, it actually happens kind of in real time, but it's, it's like a dream thing where you get Tom Hanks's character, talking about like they, they i'm not even gonna try to do his accent but like i used to don't please he used to say like i i was his manager and they say that i'm the reason he died and then it's him in like a casino but he's also hooked up to like medical equipment so we get this through line throughout the almost the entire movie of him voicing over his perspective on the story but it's clear we're not on his side right um so that's a weird dissonance for me i was like why are you telling this story kind of in in your words telling us to be on your side but also all the evidence you're giving us i guess yeah um like what and, other movies has the narrator been the antagonist uh that'd be a fun list yeah um maybe actively that would be tough to come up with but uh, i love movies with like the narrator doesn't even know they're the antagonist um memento maybe um anyways it yeah like some of that it just makes for like I feel like there were a lot of good ideas here like you could have told this you could have told the elvis story from the perspective of his manager which would have been awesome and because you would have gotten, like, maybe you would have thought of Elvis as more of a nuanced, maybe not all good kind of guy. 
But then don't don't do the wishy washy middle thing. Yeah, and it all led into this very confusing, uh, not cohesive experience for me. Yeah, it lacked good pacing and finite perspective. It was very like nebulous. Yeah, I did like some of it. I th- again, like Butler's performance is great. I think some of the shots are really gorgeous. Baz Luhrmann uses these really intimate close ups for a lot of scenes um, that, taken out of context, are just gorgeous shots. But I don't think work in the larger. Um, of the movie yeah I agree. the relationship that is portrayed between elvis and his mom's kind of weird yeah the way some of those things are shot are very romantic yeah and strange and very sort of oedipus in mm-hmm. a way um but we Don't can say oedipus-y oedipus-esque <laughs> oedipus-esque there you go um let's wrap this up for our radio listeners let's give this an out of 10 and then we can talk more about whatever we want to in the in the next segment for our exclusive podcast listeners so johnny summers elvis out of 10 what you got it's like a six two uh, it just felt like a ru- a rushed experience. It was manic. It kind of gave me anxiety. The whole mm. movie doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a montage. Yeah, that's, it does feel that way. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it's a four, man. It's it's below average for sure. I don't know that it's a it's a an effective way of telling this story. Yeah, uh, necessarily. I don't know exactly how to feel. I do know that I felt uh, a little bit depressed leaving it right. as, a, as a musician myself and uh, trying to set my own aspirations on certain things like maybe i don't maybe i've got it wrong right um but you know what do i know i think i only rated it as high as i did just because austin butler was fantastic very good he's very good um for now dude once again to everybody listening you've been listening to fresh hop cinema possibly on kzfr 90.1 fm elvis is still in the building that building being a theater near you of course if you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own you can reach out to us on instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema or you can send us an email to fhccast at gmail.com. And to our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes uh, the rest of our discussion of Elvis, sure. I'm not going to say spoilers because yeah. I think we know how that one ends, uh, a review of that second beer and Hot and Bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of the episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your favorite podcast app, we'll be right back. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone. Here we are. Time to spoil if we want to. Elvis, that is your final warning. If you haven't seen the movie and you don't want any of it ruined, go see it and then come back and finish the show. It's fucking wild. He died at the end, man. He did. Came die out of nowhere. End. It actually did come out of nowhere. They, it was like the last tag of the movie. Like you knew he was going to die, but but I thought for a minute the movie wasn't going to even address that. Right? Yeah. It was like okay, maybe it's going to end with him, what? you know, saying goodbye to his his ex wife and his daughter, and then we'll be okay. And then we all know what happens, but we don't have to actually hear it. Or yeah. See what it. in the last five minutes? Less than that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. What's your favorite favorite musical moment from this movie? Uh, I really like the black leather television special. Mm, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, okay. Uh, but also when he was setting up the kind of big band situation. When and, he's directing it. Yeah, yeah. And that whole intro just kind of like came together. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah, I was gonna that was gonna be mine too. I love um I love musical creation moments. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened in Bohemian Rhapsody, which I thought was not a great movie, but there's a scene when they're writing um I can't even think of what song it was. Somebody to love? Maybe. Yeah, but Freddie Mercury, um, what's his name? Uh, that I'm not going to get. We say it wrong every time. Remy Malek. Yeah, sure. Um, it's like, all right, now you add this, and like you do this thing with, with that instrument, and like you do this with your hands. I love it. And then you kind of get it stacking and, and building itself, which is always fun and inspiring. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, that was mine too. Cool. That was one thing I wanted to ask you. 
What do you want to talk about this movie? I mean, the we already pretty much covered a lot of like the problems with it. Yeah. I mean, unless there's something more you want to expound on that way. I mean, I think it was good to to learn. I mean, what did you mm-hmm. learn from this movie that you didn't know about Elvis before? You know, I didn't. Well, not much, really. Like, like there's some specifics that you get into. I think some of the stuff that I will end up taking issue with when it comes to factual inaccuracies is when those inaccuracies are used to elicit emotional responses. So you get a lot of reactions from him responding to like the death of Martin Luther King mm-hmm. or, or Robert Kennedy or that sort of thing. Um, or like when we see the note that is written on a napkin from his manager and, and the owner of the international hotel or whatever, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if that's all true and I can appreciate like the napkin situation from a storytelling perspective. Like we have to build some tension and that's fine. Cause it, nobody, no harm's done to anybody. But if, if you're using something like the assassination of MLK jr to, to drive the story and that ends up not being true, that'll bother me a little bit. Um, so I didn't know that he was struggling with that assassination. Yeah. So I guess that might technically count. As yeah. An answer. I mean, those are, those are parts of the movie that if they're just extrapolating and like, you know, injecting yeah. drama and yeah. emotion to like you said to elicit a response it gives me skeptical hippo eyes immediately I'm like what is this movie i said did this really is this really how we reacted yeah. in that moment right. like that's right. such an obscure and like specific moment yes and they're making it a pivotal what seems to be a pivotal moment in this character right or this person yes unless you were in that room mm-hmm. at that exact time yeah, you know. and it gets into like what I was saying. I mentioned earlier, like they bring in some some racial tension stuff that never really resolves, and that's one of them. Like, there's this through line they they started with. Like he was he was raised sort of in a black community, and that was a big through line for his his musical inspiration, mm-hmm. which is great. And then they're they're like trying to pull these threads together. Like, and then and then like a giant figurehead of the of of African American civil rights movement was killed, so that should be important to Elvis. So we're gonna potentially invent this scene. But then even that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Like, I don't think anything comes from that in the movie, right? Like, he struggles with it. And he's like, he sees it on TV and is like, that's bad. Yeah. Then I think goes on and plays at the hotel. Yeah. It's like, why was that in there then? Well, there was, I don't remember if it was the Kennedy or um, MLK Jr., Mm -hmm. but like the song that he played right after that, it was during the Christmas taping, like between the black leather and the Christmas part. Sure. He wrote like a protest song. Like one of the headlines in the newspaper was like Elvis protest. Right. 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 So, I mean, there's gotta be some validity to it from that regard. I'd like to do some more research about that song specifically. And like, you know, if there's any documented interviews or anything that, that, you know, helps us understand his motivation for writing that song. Do you remember the movie we covered? I think 2021, maybe 2020. I can't, those years blend together now. Um, about the four dudes over one night, there were musicians. There were like three musicians, like um, and, and the boxer was there. I can't remember anybody's name right now for some reason. Oh yeah, um, what was that movie called? One night, one in night in Miami. Miami. Yeah, great. There's a great situation S- just like Sam this. Cook. Sam Cook is who it was. Yeah, um, played by Leslie Odom Jr. I think mm-hmm. in that movie. Um, he writes a song. It's almost the exact same formula. Like something bad happens in society, and he decides. I'm going to write this song and sing this song. And he was like, almost not going to share it with people. But then one of his friends was like, no, play it. Um, and that in that movie, it was like very clear. That is where that song came from. It mm-hmm. makes total sense thematically yeah. and emotionally. And here it just didn't have the same connectivity. No. And also like the song, the quote unquote protest song mm-hmm. 
it wasn't played in its entirety. It was mm. kind of hard to like get the the lyrics and yeah. like figure out what it was actually about, what it yeah, was trying to sure. say. You know, it was just so, it felt so vague. Like we're people and we're sad. Yeah, right. Like I, yes, you put out any song during a during a, a wartime and you're a big figurehead and you're like this. Uh, it's you know it's about it's, a uh, protest. Yeah, I guess. it's ten thousand. He's a genius. Ten thousand candles in the wind. Yeah, yeah right. That's all right, I'm saying. Nice. Um, okay. Really still not jazzed about Tom Hanks's performance. Fuck I, I no. don't I don't really Dude. get why um nobody thought that was really caricature. Yeah. And he was the only one too. He was like Yeah. The dude was like a wax figure. Yeah. It was just ugh. Yeah, yeah. No, hands down, Tom Hanks was the worst part of this movie. Which is a shame. Yeah. It's not something you say very often. No. Um not since Castaway. Wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, Castaway is a treasure. Yeah. Do you no, know I, Castaway? No, I love Castaway. Okay. That was yeah. a joke because he's the only one in it. Will Wilson. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, they cut all of his good lines, though. Fair enough. Um, okay. Uh, I'm just skimming the movie really quickly in my brain. I think I'm pretty much good on it. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. I think the nuts and bolts cover it, man. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I suppose that wraps us uh, wraps up our coverage of Elvis. I, we do want to hear what you think if you guys have seen it. So please let us know. Um, it's in theaters. It'll probably be there for a little bit longer. It's doing fairly well. I did have a question. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to check the credits and I hadn't had time. Mm-hmm. Did your did your you're a fan of of Kina Granis? I am. Did her version of um, I didn't hear it. There was. On a female acoustic version of it, Can't Help Fall in Love, yeah, it was not that. It song. wasn't. No, it sounded almost identical to the one that she did that was in Crazy Rich Asians. How many times have you heard that song? Uh, I bought it, so a lot. Oh well, all right. Uh, that that sort of diffuses my comeback to that. But okay, um, I was gonna say I've heard it a thousand, which is not true, but I've heard it more. Um, yeah, no, I don't think so, man. I'm trying to skim real quick, but I'm not. No way am I reading all that. Yeah, right no. Now. <laughs> Um, if they didn't use that version, they missed out, and she missed out on some good royalties. So, this was a Warner Brothers movie, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I can't remember who funded Crazy Rich Asians, but I bet you they were like, You can't have that version. Was of that it song. Crazy Rich Asians? Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was two different companies that they'd be like, mm. You can't use our. No, we, we have that licensed and copyrighted. I was know. hoping, I heard it, and I was like, Oh, fingers crossed. I yeah, it sounded like a young, younger sort of um, TikTok accent. Young kid, mm. you know, we talked about this, one yeah. Time. Um, fair. but okay, anyways, that was my last question, so yeah, like okay, like he said, if you have thoughts, email us, if you don't have thoughts, don't email us. Fair enough, you want to get into beer number two? I would love to. Well, we're back with beer number two. This is another beer from Dying Breed, kind of because it's also a collaboration, uh, between epidemic ales out of concord california this is called tropical outbreak it's a session ipa one of johnny's least favorite styles of beer so we'll see if this can win him over you'll know for sure it's a good beer johnny summers can you please read me actually tell me what the abv and then read me a little description it is 4.9 percent abv yeah again session ipa dying breed and epidemic ales we are very excited to showcase our latest collaboration with our new friends from epidemic ales the brewers put their heads together to create a tasty tropical session ipa that's perfect to combat hot summer days we were able to pack this ipa full of fruity flavors such as pineapple papaya and dank not a flavor while keeping the abv to a crisp 4.9 percent okay i hate that sentence because it's like you're saying while able to keep the abv uh Wait, oh wait, did you say that? No, I said a while keeping. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't my goal would never be to keep it down, but I guess if you're getting a session IPA, you want a low ABV. Yeah. Which I believe is your issue with the style. 
Is that right? What is your problem with the Session IPA? Usually they are overly bitter. They lack body and they lack the um, uh, interesting pa- like palette of flavors that an IPA brings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times they just get too abrasive and too thin and they're just they're a poor imitation of what they're trying to go for. Do any specific offenders come to mind? Because for me, you saying that makes me think of like Founders all day IPA. I think it's a terrible beer. Don't like Founders. Don't like Daytime. Oh, yeah. Lagunitas. Also not good. No. Um, Yeah. And I'm with you. I think a lot of the time the body is not there. And that's attributed, obviously, to the low ABV, which is okay. But at that point, often, just give me a Pilsner. Give me something that is designed to live with a, a lighter body. And we'll, I can appreciate the flavors in that. I don't share your sentiment about all session IPAs being bad necessarily. Um, well, I mean, that's a blanket. I haven't tried them all. No, I mean, even the ones that I've had, I, th- I think there's probably some that I've enjoyed. And I think you can do them right. Um, and I'll tip my hand earlier and say this, I think, is one of them. There's a lot going on here, if nothing else. Do you agree or disagree? Disagree. Okay. Don't like it. What at are you all. tasting? Don't like it at all. Uh, it's just super thin on the body. Uh, it's it's like beer flavored water. Is it, it comes to mind? I'm gonna be really harsh on this one. I'm beer flavor s- is not a flavor, so you have to be more specific. Beer flavor just, could mean anything. It's like you spilled an IPA into a full glass of water. So it tastes it tastes diluted, very watered down. Okay. Uh, sharp, purposeless bitterness that goes into almost astringent without any of the tropical notes that they're saying. There's really no sweetness in the counterbalance. This is thin, uh, abrasively hoppy, without any pushback from any other element balancing it at all. It's just, it's to me, it's very one-dimensional, and it's it leaves a lot to be desired. It's just, it's bitter water. I mean, I super disagree. I, I There's some stuff there that I can see where you're going, or coming from, rather. Um, it is really bitter. I don't think there's nothing to combat that. I think there's a really good amount of particularly musty tropical stuff. Like I get a lot of papaya, a lot of that kind of muted tropical stuff, maybe not bright pineapple or guava notes or anything like that, or or nothing too, um, too tangy, but, and I agree with you. It is, it is really light in body, but not off putting to me. It doesn't, it doesn't drink like watered down beer. It drinks like a very aggressive beer, especially carbonate. There's a ton of carbonation to back up or, or, or to bolster a light body. I think the flavors are pretty specific. Um, it doesn't drink like a West coast IPA necessarily in terms of flavor, nor a West coast session IPA. There's no like piney dankness. It's all sharp, almost astringent fruity notes, but they are tropical fruits. If you ask me, I think this is decent, decent to good is where I'm at after my second drink. It's trash. I don't like it at all. You got, you got nothing constructive here. Uh, nothing constructive. That was very constructive. It's just not not a redeeming drinking experience at all. Nothing about this makes me even want to take another sip. Man, all right. No, it's 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 left a terrible taste in my mouth too. It's the aftertaste isn't pleasant. It's very rindy, very pithy. Oh, rindy's good. That's right. I agree with you there. Uh, it's just um it, I mean, it doesn't have the balance of even a average IPA where even really aggressive hoppiness, there's always a counterpoint of subtle sweetness from the malt bill that gives you an, an overall more pleasant mouthfeel and drinking experience. Whereas this, it doesn't have any of that yin to this yang. What's it's, the, it, uh, what's the thing missing? It's missing sweetness? some balance to that astringent, mm-hmm. um, pithy, 
bitterness. It it needs something to balance it out, whether it's you know a dry hopping or more. I don't know how to make beer taste different in the recipe. Oh, that's going to be in Patreon two weeks from now. What the heck is dry hopping? Because I feel like you're probably right. That could be actually something to do to this beer. Yeah, but or just you know make. I mean, someone that makes beer would have the right words to say. I don't. I just drink it and and tell you how, how you it, feel. How I feel. Uh, but it needs to have a little bit more sweetness. Like you don't just eat the outside of an orange. You eat the inside too because it's good. Wait, are you telling me you eat the outside and the inside? Like an apple. <laughs> just eat the whole thing. No. But it's it's it, there has to be that that counterbalance. And to me, this, this isn't a balanced beer at all. It feels very okay. out of proportion. Does it feel out of proportion too even encapsulated in the style? Mm-hmm. Are you saying this is a bad session IPA? Or you're saying this is par for the course of session IPAs and it's just like you were expecting, which is all the negative qualities you listed of the style before I, we drank it? I think a little bit of both. I mean, I don't have very high expectations for this style anyway. And mm-hmm. and quite frankly, this is probably a less drinkable version of this style than most session IPAs I've had. Really? Man, so I'm I'm it's not my favorite style either. Like it's it, I can usually take it or leave it. Like I said, I would I would almost always lean towards like a Pilsner or a Kolsch or something if I'm going for a light-bodied, easy-drinking summer beer. But this is one of the better ones that I've had. And I think for me, the difference that I'm hearing between us is that the particular flavors we're getting are more offensive to you than me. I like some of these astringent notes, the ones you're calling astringent and bitter and biting. I think they're working pretty well. I'll give you or I'll concede that there's not a ton of sweetness to back it up for sure. And it makes it feel very one-dimensional. But this has way more flavor and body than a lot of sessions that I've had. Certainly more than like a Founders All Day IPA or or the Lagnitas one you mentioned, which I think I've had recently. Oh, I had it at a movie theater a couple mm, months ago. Gotcha. Yeah, the tall cans. If I'm in the market for a hoppy beer, I I don't ever feel the need to to go for a session. I would rather sure. have just the real thing, just well, a regular. Well, totally. But that, yeah, but that's not the question. Yeah. Here, it's like if you're gonna drink a session, you know, you got to find one that works. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't yet. Yeah, um, yeah. There's you lose something. You, you absolutely you lose, lose something. something for sure. You lose alcohol. You lose body. You lose uh, heft in terms of flavor as well as body. You lose a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, you gain uh, longevity of sobriety if that's what you're looking for. If, you're, if it's 100 degrees out, maybe you don't want to be pounding 8% double IPAs, and that is the little nook in which sessions reside. I think. Yeah, I suppose. I think it's a it's a niche that maybe not a lot of people are asking for anymore. I mean, I would ask the same question that we ask about movies. Like, is this a Does story need that needs to be told? Yeah, sure. Is this a beer that needs to be made? I don't know, man. I I don't know. I wonder, because it's a fairly new style of session IPA, I think. Ten years? Yeah, like IPAs. I, I mean, in the scope of humans making beer. Yeah. Like IPAs are very, very new. I, in fact, on a huge timeline, they're basically on the same tick session IPAs and IPAs. But if you zoom out a little bit to the last 30 years, like, you know, IPAs are older than session IPAs. Um, and I imagine the first IPAs, people were also like, this is not good. And then we refined it and got a little bit better. Um, so I think to answer the question of, did it need to be made? I think for the purposes of exploring the style and making it better, yes, keep making them, make all the beer styles and let's get them as best as we possibly can. So people like you and me can profit down the line. And just drink delicious beers. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. They're still giving us good content. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, let's give it a rating then, dude. Tropical Outbreak, Dying Breed, Epidemic Ales, Johnny Summers, out of 10. Dying Breed, I love you. I love you. Don't no qualify it. Just, you don't have to do just it. Just so don't you know. Up. No, I, I love you guys. I really do. Mosaic, fantastic. So good. Keep making that. 
please replace this in my glass with mosaic if you have it. Um, worst beer I've ever had from Dying Breed. Sure, which again isn't saying a ton. Like we've literally been saying at the top of the episode, we've loved most of their beers. Yeah, so. it's the only miss from them. But yeah. this beer is like a two point one for Pretty me. Low. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, for me, it's uh, let me put your two point one on the notes. For me, I think it's like a six, maybe like a, maybe six five. I don't really go to the decimals. It's either six or seven. I'm gonna stick with a six. I think it's super solid. Nothing crazy for me. I uh, probably wouldn't seek this out too often, nor would I seek out the style too often. So I think it's, you know, up there with. I've probably had like seven or eight session IPAs, maybe not not a ton, maybe ten. Um, and this is up there with them. It's good. And if for a reason, unbeknownst to me, I was craving this, I would I would or it's craving the style. I'd go for this. Sure. Fair enough. So six for me. All right. Um, do you have anything else on on this brewery or this beer or rather these breweries or um, wanted to double back to Elvis or anything? Well, I love the first beer. In, in comparison, I think right. it's the best beer in the world. Sure. So, uh, yeah, obviously, if you're in the neighborhood or passing through that way, I think Dying Breed is a must hit. This sure. is, like I said, the the only beer that's really been a miss for me. And, and a lot of that is stylistic and personal preference, but worth a stop. I yeah. need to get down there myself. And while you're there, go to Last Call. They're next door. We covered their beers last week. So a quick twofer. Yeah. yeah. You want to go hot and bother? Let's do it. Hot John A. Samares. Sup? You've got some stuff listed. I do. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do one for my week before we get into yours because okay. mine's easy. Um, I played a gig on Saturday. Uh, Saturday? As, yeah. as you're known to do. As I'm known to do. It was very windy. This was a private party. It was outdoors on a sort of a raised patio. And on a break, my guitar and the stand blew over. Oh, no. And my guitar went face first onto the ground. And part of the nut of the guitar, which is up near the headstock, cracked. Mm. Um, and I was going to take it in on Sunday to the local Music Connection here. Um, which if you're not from here, is the name of the store. It's called the Music Connection. But I couldn't get in there. And then they were closed on Monday for 4th of July. So I took it in today and I was like, hey, I have to leave town in a couple of days for a series of gigs. And I love this guitar. Is there any way we could get this fixed? Um, and the guitar tech was there named Bruce. Big shout out to Bruce. He's fixed my guitar so many times. Most of my guitars so many times. Just picked it out of the case. and was like, all right, I'll just do it real quick. And did it in like 20 minutes. Oh, just shit. fixed it and sent me on my way. Love so big that. shout out to that place. Um, they've recently moved to downtown. They used to be kind of by uh, East and. Um, yeah, they're up by Spateri's. Yeah, East and uh, Cohasset. Yeah, and now they're kind of like third and uh, third and not Broadway, but one more normal maybe. Well, we have a music shop downtown again. Totally, That's and it's fun. great. It's like an old building that it was. I don't know what it was before, but it's got a lot of character. It's a really great place to stop. So I'm gonna have to pop over there. I didn't. Yeah, I know that they moved. I haven't been to the new location. It's lovely, creaky wood floors. Hell yeah, there's a dog. There's the same dog that you've known. That I think it's. I can't remember whose dog it is. It's probably Bruce and Sally's. Love that dog. Yeah, great yeah. dog. Well, that's dope because so, I hate buying stuff at Guitar Center. I do too. I really don't love it. It feels so gross. Yeah, it's not great. That's it. All the people that work at Guitar Center are great. Yeah, but like as and they're a good company. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of great employees at Walmart too. Totally. You know. Yeah, but, they're just not in any danger of going out of business anytime as a company. Yeah. You know? So yeah, support the music connection if you can. Hell yeah. Um, what about you, man? What's got you hot or bothered this week? I got a lot on my plate. I got four things. We're gonna burn through them pretty quick. Uh, had a terrible Fourth of July weekend. Uh, sprained my foot, toe, and knee. On Friday, so spent 72 hours on a couch with my foot elevated. Which, let's be real, ice. what were you going to be doing this weekend? I had plans. I had actually won tickets to go to the sprint car races, oh. and we had a barbecue that we didn't go to, and yeah, there's a lot. All right. Yeah. I, I would have pushed you around in a chair or something, man. Right? I know. But okay. 
I thought about like getting crutches or something, mm-hmm. but I was just like, no. Or just limping the whole time, getting free drinks. Like I'm, I hurt my toe. Yeah. No, I, I was limping back and forth to the kitchen, and yeah, yeah. So that, that sucked, but it was uh, an exercise in self care and not being uh, sorry, feeling sorry for yourself all right. weekend, which was very difficult. Sure. So that was my weekend, but perfect segue. Got a lot of TV watching done. I bet you did. Got a lot. Of did TV. you watch a single movie or just all series? Yeah, we watched Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, <laughs> and we watched uh, Anchorman. All right. Mental note to myself, I'm putting another Johnny's Future Broken Promises on our Patreon list because you got to watch one of these movies. You had so much free time. I could have made you watch any of like the 15 <laughs> movies that you have to watch for this show. No, but, that's okay. cool. Uh, but I did watch my favorite television show that I've seen so far this year. What is it? It's called The Bear. Okay. It is on FX. It is on, we watched it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, original series about, a kitchen, a restaurant, mm-hmm. a chef. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the kid's name. Spell bear. B-E-A-R. Okay. Set in Chicago, so the bear makes a little bit more sense. Sure. Um, but fantastic series. I mean, the depth of acting and script writing and cinematography, like, I liked it more than the newest season of Stranger Things. We mm-hmm. watched all eight episodes back to back, like, binged the crap out of it really really liked it i cannot recommend it enough yeah all right you should watch it so that's that's recommendation number one the bear yeah on definitely hulu possibly is it how how long are the episodes like they're tv half hours and it's it's fiction yeah that takes i was for some reason i was picturing like reality tv at first no it's it's a scripted fiction like john bernthal's in it there's a few people uh he's not in it as much as you want Hate that. I know. He's okay. like that a lot. <laughs> I know, right? We were like, talking oh, about this Wind River. Wind River. Like, there's yeah. just John Bernthal. Just he a was, little, just little nugget there. He, he was goes. just here and now he's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but accountant. no, honestly, that's that show might be a 10 out of 10. Oh, really? It's like a damn near perfect season of television. Okay. It was just groundbreaking. And um, why? Just the, the, the writing, really, the script okay. and the, um, when you say the script, do you mean the dialogue between the characters, or do you mean the entire like the script, like everything about it, mm. the the story from the story to the way the characters interact? It just dives so deep into kitchen culture. It deals with trauma, abuse, addiction. Like it is a very multifaceted show, mm. and it was so much more than I expected going yeah, yeah. in, and uh, immediately endearing, just absolutely stunning character development mm. and. Yeah, I was hooked. Like All it right. gets your hooks in you, and it's nice. it's so good. So um, we're looking at like just under four hours total for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. All right, sweet. Yeah, cool. Super digestible. Uh, and also, I started a series, and there will be a series wrap coming when no, this, this is over. The teaser. Uh, this is the teaser, but mm-hmm. it is Old Man. Yeah. Okay. On FX. What is that? With Jeff Bridges. Oh, I weirdly know about this. Somehow, yeah. I've heard of this. It's getting a lot of hype on the internet, a okay. lot of buzz. I okay. follow a couple subreddits that are all about like television shows, mm-hmm. and like obviously, I'm me. You sure? Yeah. Uh, and it was getting a bunch of buzz, and you know, just knowing that Jeff Bridges almost died within mm-hmm. the last couple of years, like he was on the cusp. Like I'm really happy to see him back acting again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he plays kind of a. I won't give too much away, but let's just say like maybe a, a retired special forces type person. He's great at that. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like, um, it's imagine, imagine John Wick 
but like oh. geriatric wick. So that makes me think of like no, con- not no, no, um, um, Hell or High Water. Mm. Which he is in, right? Yeah. He was the sheriff. He's a sheriff. Yeah. Like that character. Mm-hmm. Or like Tommy Lee Jones in No Country for Old Men. Totally. So yeah. Probably more, more action driven, it sounds like. Mm, if you say a lot John of Wick. story. Okay. But he, he, like, he can get it when he has to. Mm-hmm. And he's got two dogs. That's why. What kind of dogs? Rottweilers. Named Dave and Carol. Cool. All right. They're great. Yeah. Uh, five episodes available to stream right now. I uh, really dug what I've seen so far. Very Sweet. much scripted, uh, like, action drama. Okay. So very good, what I've seen. I will get back to you with a full recap. 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 Sounds great. Recap. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else on your list? I do. I have one last thing. Okay. Yeah, later on. Because I have one thing, too, that I was saving. It's a bothered, kind of. Mm. But I'll save it to the end. Okay. So what you got? I finished Borderlands 3. You finished the game? Yeah. That's so funny, because last week you were saying that you were really interested in going about the side quests and doing all like the mini missions mm-hmm. and stuff. There's no way you could have done all the side missions and them story mission based on where you told me you were in that game. No. So you just, you hunkered down and did the story. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's great. I wanted to know what happened. Yeah. Like you get to a certain point where you're like, I just, I have to know. Yes. But now I'm going to go back and do all the side quests cool. before I start True Vault Hunter mode. Because that starts the whole story You should over start again, True right? Vault Hunter mode. Yeah. The side quests aren't going to give you enough XP at this point. So just restart it and go through with, just do it. Okay. Skip those. Because that starts the story over mm-hmm. again, right? Yep. Yeah, I started messing around with um, the, not the, the Guardian mode or what the hell's it True called? Vault Hunter mode? No, the one where you can add Mayhem oh, mode. Oh, Mayhem mode, sure, yeah. Man, fuck that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I know. It's, I know, dude. It's just too chaotic. It's insane. There's too it, much It's happening. Mayhem. Yeah, I don't like it. I know. I turned it's, it off immediately. It's insane. Yeah. I know. You have to be really good at that game to play as it. Yeah. But yeah. I mean... I and your character needs to be much further along. Than yeah, I was sitting at like thirty nine, level thirty nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I jumped till I hit it like level two, mayhem it's, mode. It's too high. Yeah, you got to go one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I handled some stuff. Okay, I did the mm-hmm. whole cartel mission on mayhem two. You trying to get to that villa? I already did it. Oh, nice, it's done. But dude, just like the mind numbing amount of loot that gets dropped, it's like you can't even see what's going on mm-hmm. just because of all the treasure awesome. around you. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, yeah. but it's also the worst. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yes. But anyways, just wanted to share that with you because yeah. we you've been on this journey with me for a while. Yeah. Borderlands three story mode complete. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. Thanks. And welcome aboard. And Brian McAllister, if you're listening, I'm still waiting. Catch for you. up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I saw Minions: The Rise of Gru. Oh. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's worth a note. I'm going to talk about it long enough that it's justifiable to put it in the episode description because it's a new movie. Okay. Um, if you don't know, Min- everybody knows. I assume everybody knows. Yeah. Um, it's the Despicable Me sort of franchise, and they've now come out with a new movie called Minions, The Rise of Gru, and it's Steve Carell still voicing Gru, but Gru as a like a 10-year-old, I think. Or maybe he's 11. He's a little guy. And it's his earliest aspirations on becoming a villain. So there's there's this whole there's like a crew of villains called the 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 something six I can't even remember, um and he the evil six yeah that's close but I don't think quite right I listen well, to maybe, the pop culture right. happy hour on this maybe it is the evil six, um, anyways one of their team members retires or dies or something and so there's an opening in the team and he submits an audition tape or or like a request and they're like all right come meet us and they're like Bleh, you're just a stupid kid come back when you've done some evil stuff. Then he steals like this ancient stone. It gets kind of Indiana Jonesy for a minute. Um, and there's like three different teams. There's like Gru on his own, and then a couple minions, or one minion, and then like a few other minions. There's karate montages. There's animal morphing stuff. There's acupuncture. 
There's waterfalls. There's dragons. It's a good time. There's a plane sequence um, that is choreographed to ba-ba-da-da-da, but where the minions are flying the plane. Okay. It's a decent time. I think if you like minions and think they're funny, watch it. Totally. It's a decent movie to take kids to if you're an adult and you're like, I just, I, I want to watch a movie for my kids, but I can also enjoy. It's me, middle of the road. Same, would you say better for that situation or worse than Lightyear? Uh, Lightyear is more entertaining for an adult, I think. But it's different. It's it's like total slapstick comedy versus kind of sci-fi action. So gotcha. Depends yeah. on the age range of the kids. Totally. And the interest of the kids. Okay. Um, The downside to this whole experience is that I saw it at the Cinemark in Yuba City. Which I don't know if you've ever been. I have. Have you? Yeah. Uh, just went there recently for the first time mm-hmm. when we covered men. You saw it in Yuba City? Yeah. How was it? It was me and two other guys. Sure. Just awkward. Well, so I went because I was coming back and I was, I've was i I've driven by that theater for mm-hmm. like a decade. I'm like, I bet you that's the crown jewel of Yuba City. Like, there's no, I don't know what else is going on there, but there's this Cinemark. It's a big franchise. They must have standards. So it'll be a decent experience. Anyways, I went, and I went um, evening on like a Sunday, on, on 4th of July weekend, which was a huge mistake. Yeah. Because um, I was coming back this way. So many like, kids. I'm just going to stop and do it. So many kids, so many people. Mm-hmm. The lobby was, it was the dirtiest theater I've ever been to. The, the lobby floor, the line to the concessions had enough popcorn that I wouldn't have had to buy my own. I could have took an empty just one scooped. to scoop up, but I couldn't get it off the floor because the floor was black and sticky, like literally black from dirt and grime. Mm-hmm. My feet were sticking every step and nobody seemed to notice except me. Mm. The people behind the counter, nary a peep. The kids were just loving it. Just like, it was nuts, dude. It was like the craziest, it was, it felt unreal. It was the dirtiest theater I've ever been to. Am I taking crazy pills? Like, and I went through the line and there were, so like, you pour your own sodas at this yeah. place and you pour your own, which is fine. It's like buffet style. Yes. And they have like, they have freezers. So they have like frozen treats. The freezer had a padlock on it, which had been unlocked. They left the lock on the glass. So you just, and then at the end of the night, I guess they close it. It was wild. The The carpets were slippery to like from the ticket taker to the theater. Like the carpets were so inundated with syrup and melted milk duds that it was just like slick. It was like oil had spilled. It was the, it was like tarmac. It was nuts, dude. I'm sure. I'm sure I have COVID and I feel <laughs> fine. But like I, it's like a new strain where you can't feel it. Like you caught something. It was crazy, man. And like everyone was talking in the theater. There was this couple next to me. They were like probably 17, 18 on their phones the whole time on their own phones, looking at their phones, but arguing with each other while being on Facebook. Oh, wow. Like kids behind me were throwing up and screaming. It was Throwing up? Cr- no, they weren't throwing up. Oh. They were like crying and like, there's just parents trying to get their families out of the house. It was wild. That sounds so chaotic. I'm never going back to that theater. So. I'm glad you had a decent experience. Cinemark Yuba City is like mayhem mode. Dude, it IRL. is. Yeah. So then I when I went to see um, Elvis today, despite my feelings about that movie being long and however else, like I was like, man. It is. It is good to be home. Sanitized in this yeah. place. It was wild, dude. Yeah. Um. It I'm, was like it's nuts to me that that it wasn't like some small independent theater owned by a crackhead that was like, "This is my theater." It's, no, it's Cinemark. Yeah, the ticket taker booth is just a van outside. No, their scanners didn't work. I was like, "Can you scan my code for 
um, my oh, discounts. Yeah. And they were like, what? They had to I was enter. like, no, I, no, they would literally just would take the scanner. It probably took 30 seconds of them just sort of hovering with their scanner on my phone. Like, this happens from time to time. I was like, does it? Like, can you guys get an upgrade or something? Yeah. It's nuts, dude. A wet wipe, maybe. Something. Yeah, what would have would have done the trick? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm lucky there was nobody in my theater. But yeah, I remember thinking the, the bus- seats, man, rough, so bad. Yeah. I sat down and so like it, and they had the, the old school sort of like you pull down the seat mm-hmm. part and then you you know sit down. But the back had no cushion. I just felt the horizontal bar oh, between sick. my L three and L six yeah region somewhere in there just, just hit my spine. Yep, the popcorn was stale. And I got it from the popper. It popped. I watched it. It came out of the. P- 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 How are you popping stale I don't know, popcorn? but it was stale when they gave it to me. And the butter tasted like like battery acid. Sick. It was nuts. The Sprite was okay. The Sprite was good. All right. It's hard to fuck they up. They had no milk duds. Mm. I assume they were all on the carpet at that point. Yeah. But if I go to another GD Cinemark with no milk duds, it's happening like in four different cities. Sacramento, Reno didn't have one, and now Yuba City didn't have milk duds. You got to start bringing it around. Get your milk. Uh, yeah. But I had them today in Elvis, so. All right. Pretty good day. Man, that's wild. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. When I went to see Men, my my chair in the movie theater uh, was from like the seventies, I think. Sure, because it went. Yeah, every time I like budged, budged. <laughs> like I went to adjust, like and just kind of like get comfortable, and yeah. it went. Yeah. there's no no maintenance is done at all. Is no. my impression, and you think just like the sheer amount of butter and being spilled, it would lube it up. It, it, it would, you think it would have lubed it up, even on accident. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't move my feet once I sat down. They were stuck there for They're sure. Just, <laughs> They're done. Yeah. And every time I did, it would sound like Velcro ripping. Yeah. Off of, off of like just like a, the biggest Velcro you've ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's like you have a wallet from the 80s. I almost time. left. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, no, you know, I'd do it. It's fine. I'm here for this. See, I would have left. I'm glad I saw the movie. It got funny-ish. All right. So it was nice. I mean, there's something to be said, like seeing a children's movie in a room full of- I agree. Which is why it was fine. I was like, whatever. I'm here. This is their territory. Yep. I'm invading. It's like when we went to see Lightyear, I was like, I can't really say anything. Yeah. Because I'm in your world. Totally. Now, if there were children- In men? In men. Yeah. We got problems. Yes. First of all, why are you here? Yeah. You got to go. Yeah. Speaking of got to go, we got to get out of here. Um, okay, then last minute notes. Next week we're covering Thor, Love and Thunder. Yes! A movie we're both jazzed about. Stoked as fuck. Um, we don't know what beers we're covering yet. I'm going to throw you the gauntlet again. You can be back to picking out beers. That is the extent of stuff that I've prepared is Last Call and Dying Breed and Slash Epidemic. Um, so that's where we're at for next week. Um, on Patreon next week, we're covering True Romance, finally. A movie I've never seen but is considered by many, including Johnny and our patron Brittany, a classic um, so I'll see that. Um, and I think that's the only notes that I have. Do you have anything important to mention? No. Okay. Then this show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Thanks to all of our people on Patreon and the handlebar for your continued support. We really do appreciate you and your slick ass happy hour. It's, uh, in my, and Johnny's humble opinion, one of the best beer happy hours in town. So, um, check them out. My name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Drink some good beer, watch some good movies. Be good to each other. See you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.